Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. I just want to start things off by reading our text message you're seeing tonight, just to give <laughs> all the listeners an insight into your character. All right. Hey, man, I got a flat tire on the interstate, so not trimming, I'll get back, having to call AAA. Fuck you. That's no excuse. Hey, man, I'm really, really sorry. I may be a little running a little late tonight. Um, I really couldn't help it. Um, the cars are flying by going 80 miles an hour. I'm on the shoulder. There's hardly any shoulder. It's raining. I'm really cold. I'm almost out of gas. I don't feel sorry for you one bit. I still don't. Yeah, <laughs> I also, I, I, I'm getting the tire out of my car. I cut my hand. Oh, wow. And you did yeah, it the yeah. wrong way. <laughs> to, add, to add injury to insult, you know, to add injury to the many insults you threw at me that were yes. uh, completely unwarranted, mean-spirited. But speaking of unwarranted and mean-spirited, welcome to our show. Yeah, welcome to Beaumont Reads Wikipedia. <laughs> no. Where it is only, where does Beaumont just reads a Wikipedia movie? Movie mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. Yeah, or Wikipedia. Like, can you imagine Wikipedia having like a streaming service? You know, maybe maybe <laughs> having called Wiki Wiki Plus. Well, well it, it, like, what was that really really stupid one that came out at the beginning of COVID that that um, exclusively had like ten minute episodes? It's called Quibi. Quibi, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, it, it, uh, do you want to hang out? I got a Quibi first. Like they were trying to like make that like a phrase. Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'll, I'll do. I'll do I it like, in a Quibi. Like, like to make it like a genre, uh, yeah. of, of, or, or style. And yeah, it 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 it, it tanked pretty quickly. I'm pretty I mean, sure like, Martin Scorsese, like, had like a real problem with it. Well, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, today's topic at hand is, 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 is what hot American summer. Oh yeah, I, I'd forgotten which one we were gonna do. Next, we should do a, a Roland Emmerich movie. You know, you know the, the the disaster movie guy. I feel like one of his movies would be really fun to read. Oh, you like uh, like epic movie or uh, or meet or, the Spartans. Or, or, or no, 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 no. Oh no, his is stuff like the like Independence Day and the Day After Tomorrow. Oh, um, and, and, and those like I bet those would be really funny. Have some pretty uh wild synopses you know because disaster movie is a terrible movie i'm not sure if like, oh. you know like that genre of like epic no. movie of like those super parody movies really i see i've like i always thought those were just sort of just straight up parody movies like a disaster movie's like you know no no, no. The, the disaster movie is is a movie it's like a movie in the genre i i don't know about that i think i strongly disagree i've always heard like like his mo- like movies were like monuments get destroyed whether they be by like aliens or uh a, a comet like you know or um like you know some type of weather you know did he do did he do nicholas cage's next no let's see he did uh and the reason i did this was i watched the half in the bag for moonfall which is his newest one so he did that the two independence days that the 90 the 1990s godzilla uh, White House Down. That's a favorite of yours. 2012, The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, the Patriot. Oh, he did Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Uh, I remember I had that on VHS. And uh, that's got... Um, it, 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 like, 
but whenever you like like it's one movie where they made the villain i think just too unlikable he was just like gleefully doing bad things like you have these villains that are like very happy to be evil like the emperor from star wars is a big one like he's just like having fun like shooting lightning out of his hands and just blowing up planets and tempting people and just just he just finds joy in being evil and uh this movie tries to play a character like that serious like there's this british guy this red coat who like kills a bunch of like mel gibson's family in these really like brutal show-offy ways and you know like like you, like they make you hate him too much you know it, it's overkill so like that's like there's not a lot of movies or a lot of villains that are like that but i feel like that's one where i'm just like yeah this is this is a bit much hello micah i can't hear you i'm oh, here you're here oh yeah. You were just letting that point sink in. It was a really good point. Oh, man. I think I have a cold. I think I got it from just drinking way too much this weekend. Speaking of, it's your birthday. You are now how old? I am now six. You're now six. All right. So uh, how much how much Everclear did you drink last night? Uh, I drank about. Two whole, two whole, two whole, two whole 40s of Everclear. <laughs> no, you, you, you took Everclear and poured it into a 40, made like a, a brass monk. Like, what would be the, the version of the, you know, the brass monkey version? Is it like, uh, what's it called? What's it called? Butt funnel? Like, like that's how, like, oh, frat guys get drunk. Oh, through, 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 um, through, uh, you know, through the, through, butt. The, through the anus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the anal canal. Where, like, it absorbs into your bloodstream like that. Yeah. That's how it works. Apparently, well, well, I would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've never really wanted to be like, oh yeah, I just want to get like instantly wasted right now, you know. Like, I just you know need the alcohol, right? Like, I feel like part of I feel like part of like the enjoyment of drinking is like the, the slow rise, like yeah, like over time incrementally, mm-hmm. the the more and more lucid you become. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, yeah, instead of just unlike Beaumont, who gets lucid almost immediately because he starts drinking at 10 a.m. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened today while I was at work, you know. Yeah, you know? I started my, my new job. Today. Oh, really? Where, yeah. So where's your new job at? Tell me about it. I'm a, I'm a teacher. Oh, you're su- your um, permanent sub. You're yeah. a permanent. So what were the, did, did the kids eat you alive? No, actually, they were really nice to me. Really? Did, did, yeah. did you pick out a favorite? No, I was uh, I was too nervous. What, 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 what was your uh, What was your first assignment that you gave them? What did you? You it was a music teacher, right? What did you make them play? Uh so so it's a chorus. So I didn't. I mean, so they just. Oh sang. really? It's choir. So you're like Joe Para. Oh, that's that's adorable. Have you ever seen Joe Para talks to you? Well, no. you should. You would really. I think you'd really get get down with that sense of humor. Brett actually introduced me to it, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's a choir. Teacher. Do you know who Shane Gillis yeah. is? Because I feel like you, you and Shane Gillis, really, would, really, would mesh well. Yeah, he has a very good Trump joke. Yeah, what's his what's his Trump joke? It's like, uh, like at the beginning, like at the beginning, like in like the primaries, yeah. his dad was like. Uh, just like get this joker off my screen and now he's just like what guys can't go to the capitol like, guys can't have guys can't have fun <laughs> he also has like a whole joke about like the alabama football team like having white cornerbacks until like the 70s yeah. that's hilarious no i, I know my, my friend yeah. rich is really into him he has a podcast the matt and shane show or whatever it is 
<laughs> I met Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, um, no, you never, you, you never <laughs> did meet Rich. But um, I did when you guys drunkenly called me at like oh, 1 a.m. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Oh man. I really yeah. did. No, Rich is really into Shane Gillis. Oh, I'll send yeah, you, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll text he, you the he, he's who have, he's who has the that podcast on in his car. Mm. I listened to the Joe DeRosa podcast. The Joe DeRogan podcast. That one. DeRosa. No, DeRogan. Don't listen to the Joe DeRogan. <laughs> yes, yeah, you do. He's a bad person. No, you. I said it. I said, here's me picking a fight with Joe Rogan. Hey, Joe Rogan, kick me. I swear to God, you kick me, you're still a bad person. You don't kick me, you're still a bad person. you're a big spotify guy i am a big Spotify. yeah guy. i have a hard time giving that one away you know i mean it, i don't want to i don't want to switch to apple music no, i feel like it's, it's just equally like as the corporate equally as corporate gross America. yeah no right? I, yeah i mean the interface of spotify spotify now is doing like lyrics oh. so like they're getting like progressively yeah. better and spotify video where you can find like the void stuff right. and, and i don't know i just like how it looks but like whenever i pull up one of our bbb episodes on there like, you know, whenever I just kind of want to look at it, look at the picture I made this week and listen to the parts that, you know, I want to listen to, you know, when I want to just die, like, you know, like this week, you know, we had our little thing and it's got like the little blue background. I just, I know it's, it's very pleasing to, to look at. Well, yeah. I used to be a big YouTube premium. Guy. Really? Yeah. See, we've, we've, yeah, but then they, then they upped the price to like, tw- like 1599. So month. what do you get for that? Do you get YouTube TV or is that an entirely separate thing? No, that's different. So, like, YouTube Premium is like mm-hmm. you don't get any ads. Yeah. Um, you can you can like use it. You can use like other apps. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can have it in the background. Yeah. So, like, when I had it, I would use Maps. Okay. Oh, gotcha. For, for like when I would drive. Really. And then you can also like download download videos for like offline. Oh, wow. use. So you can you can turn can you turn your screen off? And have YouTube still play? Yeah. Oh, wow! Like, what a thing to hold yeah. to hold above you, because like, I like there have been tons of times. What a thing to put behind a paywall. Yeah, I know, right? right? Because like, there are t- tons of times where I've just sucked my phone battery dry, just like you know, sucking down YouTube videos uh, while I'm driving. You know, um, but yeah, like, wow! I didn't know. Like, I kind of thought that was just something that they just you know they were like, well, you got to watch it. It's YouTube. You know, it's a video. Fifteen ninety nine. That's wow. And, and that's like without tax. So like, really, it's like closer to like eighteen bucks at that point. Wow. It's like that's pretty. Oh gross. yeah, no, that, that that's pretty much like, you know, you got to pick that and then pick like, you know, I guess that's gonna be your music, you know, because that'll probably give you. Doesn't YouTube have like a YouTube music where you can, you know, you can use that without YouTube Premium. Though. Okay, but like it's like a it's a really bad platform YouTube music. Yeah. Okay. Like I never used right. it. Right. But like. uh yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I guess it would be that and, like, HBO. Yeah, HBO is definitely kind of got the... I know that you're a big, you're a big Paramount Plus unfortunately. guy Unfortunately. Oh, God. Um, you watching the new iCarly? Oh, that that, that wasn't... I, I heard Jackass is streaming now. I saw, I'm, the new Jackass. I'm, bitch, I saw that in theaters. I actually I actually went, went to go see that. 
Uh, I want to watch. I want to watch it in theaters. I, want, I went yeah. on a date and I wanted to see it, but Spider-Man was still in theaters, so I saw that instead. Were you let down? Uh, no, I, you, I had seen Spider-Man. You didn't. You didn't go see like uh, like uh, like one where like people were clapping in it. Like I always hate when people do that. I feel like that's the movie. So that, that, that's went, a big movie where people like applaud when like the two other Spider-Men like you know show up. So when I was in Parts Unknown, they had the subtitles in the language yeah. of Parts Unknown, so uh, so they didn't care what they were saying because they could read. Mm-hmm. And not miss anything so they were like clapping for stuff that was in the trailer oh wow and so and so like that's like maybe like the first 40 minutes of the movie and they're already at an 11. Yeah, okay so there's nowhere to go but just screaming louder and longer wow I hate yeah it. no i bet i bet it was just a miserable time huh yeah like i don't know like I, in the theaters like i saw rise of skywalker which is a real dud like literally that I saw that in theaters. Literally that that like really like like I, I've been like a Star Wars person my whole life. Like I could probably quote those original movies. I've seen them. Like I had them on I had the original editions on VHS, the special editions, you know, like I was, you know, all about that. And then after seeing that Rise of Skywalker, I was like, yeah, like it just killed it for me. Because I realized you could really tell that it was like a Disney movie or, or, too. Cause or like, that like, you know, they listened to fan outrage you know it was like you know sort of a like a, a reddit comment you know ri- like a movie that was written from like reddit comments of people just arguing about it and then you know it kind of made me realize like the worst part about star wars is the fandom because the fandom just doesn't let you just enjoy anything you know if you want to be part of like the discourse or the discussion surrounding it it just instantly ruins it because like it's 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 like politics it, it's split right down the middle you know, half the people love something, half the people hate, hate something about it. And it's gotten to the point where, like, these people making these movies just listen to them and it's really reactionary. And, but the thing that sucks is, like, you know, the Mandalorian and all that stuff, it's like way better than the new Star Trek. The new Star Trek, like, it blows my fucking mind that, like, you know, we're in this golden age of TV with, like, you know, you talk about all these streaming services, you know, you have all your, like, great HBO shows, you know, that all are, you know, pretty good like all the ones that people recommend me like oh you gotta watch white lotus so you gotta watch euphoria you gotta watch you know this and that you know they're all like pretty uh, good shows the, i watched the new i watched the first episode of the new lakers show. yeah it's it's it you didn't like it hate it why i guess i hate it because like i don't know what it's trying to be like is it trying to be like a mockumentary because so, like uh, uh, it, it tones down on like that big short stuff you know, in, in the later episodes, it reminds me of Vice. It, it is it, of like how Vice. It, it's has. the same director, but it, it kind of tones down on that stuff. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking still, but there's like less of like the text and sort of like the, you know, like sort of the uh, tangents that they go on where they where, where they'll explain something in kind of a quirky way, and there'll be text that pops up and lists and things like that. Um, but th- but the thing is like. It blows my mind, like why they can't get like good people to do like a Compton Star Trek show, like you know, like who watches these shows besides me, you know? So like, but I think the idea of Picard is really cool, except that it was like it's the last, it's the finale episode, two parter of uh, 
of next generation yeah sort of meets so i guess it doesn't doesn't really matter yeah it's sort of because like you kind of already you already have that closure yeah like it's kind of like fan service for the point of like corporate greed yeah you know and and it like lulls you in thinking it's going to be this thoughtful character study and then like all of a sudden it becomes this action show with all these like angry dark characters um and uh yeah like it, it, it's i don't know it, it like like and then like it it kind of doesn't know what show it wants to be like like kind of the second season's going a lot like the first where they'll be setting up something and you'll think it's this you know and like it'll oftentimes be tied to like contemporary issues like in this season they go back in time and like one of the characters is of like spanish descent and he, and he gets arrested by ice you know and so like there's a whole like plot where it's like he deals with these like cartoonishly evil like ice officers who like put him on the bus to deport him and they go like adios amigo you know they say just you know terrible things uh and they're just you know not like subtle at all they're just obviously evil and then they break him out but no like the whole thing winds up being about like captain picard's like ancestor and they have to like get her to overcome her anxiety and go to space and that all happens in like the fifth episode and you like there's nothing like leading up to it like i you know it's it's really bizarre how how they wrote this and just how like inconsistent it is you know like it, it uh i don't know it's it's just a shame that you know like where they can you know make you know where so many of these ips have these like good iterations now like they just can't get have a competent star trek show you know one that i kind of enjoy watching that's like thought provoking and interesting um yeah it sucks i still haven't seen picard yeah don't and your recommendations every time you talk about it it's like i'm not gonna do you want me to see the show to hate watch it with you like that just kind of like feels like the like the tail end of shameless Mm -hmm. Or like they just kind of like not like force all these Black Lives Matter stuff mm-hmm. into like this show mm-hmm. just because yeah. like it wasn't like it organically it just kind of happened and you're just like oh this is like reaction like yeah. just kind of like how like there's and that's also like uh, I'm pretty sure Showtime is also uh, suburban suburban to uh, CBS. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah. Make yeah. Well, unfortunately, I wish I could. Well, the uh, the new Twin Peaks was on Showtime. That was one good Showtime show I watched. I fucking love that. That might be my favorite thing There's... I've watched outside of Attack on Titan in the past like couple years. You know, I just finished the uh, the newsroom. Oh, really? Is that good? I'm not sure if I talked about that in the last episode. You may have. I was yeah. probably miserable. That was really good. No, I, it ended. No, I mean, I was probably really miserable well. listening to you talk about how good it was. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really Aaron Sorkin like just writes well, yeah. and like I guess it had low ratings because like there's only 25 episodes. Like there's 10 episodes in the first season, nine episodes in the second season, and just six episodes yeah. in the third season, and that's the show. And it ends. Yeah. So like there what there is like a proper mm-hmm. ending. It's not just like a show that was just cut yeah. off. It's a really thought provoking show on like. Which really, a lot of the stuff that happens just kind of like weirdly foreshadows like the rise of like Trump and like that sort mm-hmm. of because like it's like in the first couple of episodes it talks about like how like the Tea Party is like taking over and like Michelle Bachman and uh, John Boehner and like those that level of like mid of like early 2010s Republicanism and like Tea Party right. libertarianism mm-hmm. 
And so it's kind of just like I'm like Jeff Daniels is just like I'm a Republican. I'm not like trying to like radicalize the Republican movement. So like he seems liberal, mm-hmm. but only because he's bashing those are on the far right. Right. So and it's like a really neat. It's really weird because like in like the third episode he talks about uh uh Ginny Thomas the Clarence Thomas's wife. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like a a mini scandal in there. And like recently like all of that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that 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 came up with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like really it was really weird. Like I I was like, "Huh, that's uh that's weird." Yeah. But I never heard of her before before this, you know. I never heard of you before January 6th, too. Your attendance. That's not, that's I not heard, true. I, I heard you want to change Christmas to January 6th, don't you? Now I want to change Independence. Yeah, that, that, that's to January 6th. That, that's both Christmas. <laughs> the day Jesus was born. Like, you know, like, like you, you got you to gotta think somebody would equate all that. Just combine all the holidays together. Speaking of, when is Easter? Like, uh, I, I forget when Easter is now. When I was a kid, it used to be a much bigger thing. Easter's this coming it, week, is it? Which I guess dates this. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So my mom, my mom's but, uh, gonna come like sliding in at the last minute on uh, Saturday, but like, yo, we got this family Easter thing. Which our family Easter thing is always a bit of a shit show. Like I got in a horrible car accident one time beforehand. I was okay, but how about wet hot American summer? Shall we? What was our jumping off point here? Was it Amy Poehler or something? Uh, yes, Amy Poehler was both in Deuce Big Little Mountain Glow. Oh, yeah. And where she, uh, was, where she was playing the um, the woman with Tourette's, the tastefully depicted. Yeah. Yes. There we go. All right. So here we go. What Hot American Summer. Let's crack into it. Mm-hmm. What Hot American Summer is a 2001 American satirical comedy film directed by David Wayne. Say you pronounce it Wayne. From a screenplay written by Wayne and Michael Showalter. The film includes an ensemble cast, including Janine Garofalo with a top billing. Uh, David Hyde Pierce. I don't know. Oh, he, oh, he's Frazier's brother. Did you ever watch Frazier? No. Really? It, 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 no, I watched a little bit of Cheers. But. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, Molly Shannon, Paul Rudd, Christopher Maloney, Michael Showalter, and various other members of the comedies, the sketch comedy group, The State. People always have told me, people told me when I was younger, I would like The State. I never gave it a try. But uh, here they are showing up in my life. Elizabeth Bakes, Ken, Don't Call Me Dan Marino, Michael Ian Black, Bradley Cooper in his film debut, Amy Poehler, Zach Orth. And 80 miles takes place at during the last full day at a fictional summer camp in 1981 and spoofs the sex comedies aimed at teen audiences of the era. Oh, so we're doing another sex comedy. Because we reduced Bigelow Mel Jigelow was a, a sex comedy. Sure, sure was. was. But this spoofs sex comedies. This isn't a spoof. This isn't oh, so, a so, comedy, no, so. so by and large, half of our episodes now are about sex. I think that's I mean statistically yeah. I think that's interesting to note. Anywho, the film was a critical and commercial failure. What do you know? 
but has since developed a cult following as many of its cast members have gone on to high-profile work. Netflix revived the franchise with the release of an eight-episode prequel series. I remember this. Starring most of the film's original cast. Really, for a prequel series, did they just, like, de-age them? Because this was recent. Yes. Is that what they did? They just put... I guess maybe they're not that much older, but... Uh, So the prequel takes... So the... Spoilers for the movie. But the movie takes place on the last day of summer camp. The prequels happens like that first the first day of summer okay. and then the sequel series happens 10 years later oh. but they're all the same actors okay oh so they did a prequel series and a sequel series oh yes well i didn't get to that part yet so yeah spoilers thank you on in uh, eight episode sequel series set 10 years after the original film on august 4 2017 so they just must have de-aged them or put makeup on them uh they didn't they didn't no, it's a re- it's really they, funny. They just they just played it off and they just act like kids. They just played it okay. off. Cool. There's like one line in the prequel series that's just like, and by the end of the camp, we might look ten years younger. Okay. Wow, this plot is only two paragraphs. What the what the yeah. fuck is this? This is this th- this is pretty bare bones here. It seems like for something that you're touting a whole lot. Very very interesting. Well, I never looked at this before. My yeah. bad. There's your boy H. John Benjamin. I remember you were talking about this. He's a can of mixed vegetables. He's Mitch. Mitch. Mitch Mitch the can of mixed vegetables. All right. You know, honestly, since that's so short, I feel like uh, maybe going into the production part, you know, I think, I I think, or will that give away spoilers? What do you think? No, I don't think so. Let's let's get into it a little bit. Since that plot is so short, I kind of don't want to blow, blow my load really quick. Speaking of sex. Um, all right. Uh, background. This film is based on the experiences Wayne had at Camp Moden, a Jewish camp lo- located in Belgrade, Maine, and Showalter had at Camp Mohawk in the Berkshires in Cheshire, Massachusetts. Did you ever go to summer camp? I did. Really? See, I, I never like I never understood the rationale because I was like, yeah, like, why would I ever want to go stay in a shitty cabin and like shoot bow and arrows with a bunch of sweaty people? Like, like I had fucking Super Nintendo, you know, like I was just like, I'm going to play this all summer and not go deal with this shit. <laughs> like, what was the rationale? Because we always had in Trimble Camp, like we had like 4-H or conservation, which we called constipation camp a lot, you know. Um, so maybe I didn't go to like a summer camp proper where there was, you know, um, fornication and and all that and all that wonderful stuff going on you know or i guess it was ne- never like a camp counselor or anything like that all of it just seems so like not preferable to like sitting around and playing video games all summer to me i guess I like just being outside and like having friends uh, i mean i was able to be outside and have friends but not be like you know locked out in the wilderness in a old cabin on a shitty bed it's not the, it's not the wilderness <laughs> like you're making I, it sound like so oh yeah you have to go go there on a bus and the camp counselors got to wake you up and you got to eat their cafeteria like you know like it always just seems so undesirable to me like I, uh, you don't go there for the food what do you go there for the sex go there for the experience yeah. the sexual experience all right during one scene the counselors take a trip into waterville maine which is not far from the camp it is also a parody of an homage to other films about summer camping, including Meatballs, Little Darling, Sleepaway Camp, and Indian Summer. 
according to Wayne, they wanted to make a film structured like the films Nashville, Days and Fugues, and Do the Right Thing. Films that take place in one contained time period that have lots of different characters. I gotcha. Okay, development took three years to assemble. That's a really long time for a two-paragraph movie. In a June 2011 interview, Wayne uh, revealed the film's budget was, wow, modest $1.8 million, noted during the 2001 Sundance Film Festival. The film had been promoted as costing $5 million in, all, in, a, in an attempt to attract a better offer from a distributor. But because of the film's relatively small budget, the cast was paid very little. Paul Rudd has stated that he is uncertain he received any compensation at all for the film. Was this even theatrically released? Must have been. Must, yeah. Um, principal photography lasted 28 days in May 2000, and according to director David Wayne, it rained on every day of shooting. That's fucking hysterical. Exterior shots were filmed when possible, sometimes under covers or umbrellas, but some scenes were moved indoors instead. In many interior scenes, rain seen outside turns into sun as soon as characters step outside. Due to the cold, the actor's breath could be seen in some outdoor scenes. The film was shot in Camp Tawanda in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. So this was just a fucking, like, nothing was going right here, you know? So they, they, they you know, they, they, they made lemons into lemonade, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Bull, we have to play our game. How, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is in this film? 77. I'll say like 50. 50. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'll try to be. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it's going to be like inflated from its cult following thing. Um, so in the early 1980s, the soundtrack features many songs from popular bands in that era. Some of your favorites like Jefferson Starship, Rick Springfield, Leather Boy, and Kiss. Yeah. Okay. So we have what, Jane? Jukebox Hero, uh, Kiss. Yeah, all music I don't like, but you know, <gasps> Beth by Kiss. Beth by Kiss. I don't know, like hair metal and stuff like like that's always been one of my least favorite genres. So this is a tough sell to me. This is the, the two things I don't understand: summer camp and hair metal. This is this is a tough sell to me. Like two th- two you know, summer camp. Do you want me to read read this release? No, Section. no. Go ahead. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer premiered in, at the 2001 Sundance Film Festival, where it was screened four times to sold-out crowds, though it failed to attract a distributor. Mm. Months later, USA Films offered the filmmakers $100,000 for the film, with virtually no participation for the filmmakers, and offered the film's investors accepted. It premiered in New York City on July 27, 2001, then received a limited theatrical release in fewer than 30 cities. Oh, wow. So nothing. So yeah, probably like just like the hit points, like uh, New York, couple yeah. like Los Angeles, Chicago, yeah. Austin, wow. Dallas. and you probably had to like really seek this out to go see it. Like you probably had to like know people who knew or like you know, like like somebody probably had to recommend this to you because this is two thousand one. So you're like reading about this in the newspaper. You know, you're like, huh, what what yeah. movies are out? And like you have to like really dig deep or know someone who works at your little indie theater that would decide to show this movie, which I imagine it made virtually no money off of that. Yeah, I don't, I mean, a budget of $1.8 million and it made, it made $295,206. Like it did not make, it made like a fraction. Yeah, like, you know, 
pretty uh, much like 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 a, a tenth or a ninth, like like an eighth. I, I think an eighth is, is sort yeah. of a good fraction there. Um, the film was released on both VHS and DVD formats on January 15, 2002. In 2011, Wayne tried to convince Universal Studios to prepare either a 10th anniversary home video re-release with extra features or a Blu-ray release, but Universal rejected the ideas. The film was released on Blu-ray on May 12, 2015, probably in like response to that Netflix preview. Yeah, wow. So like, it's kind of crazy to think like these people never got what they asked for, no matter like how successful the movie was. So in the beginning, it was just morbidly unsuccessful. And, you know, sort of in developing the cult following, they still didn't get what they want, you know. It's just they just kind of, you know, like it, it seems like these people who, you know, made this thing just kind of have no control over it. Yeah. All right. I suggest watching this. You program. suggest out, out of the four that out of the four that I've I still love this movie. This movie is like a childhood movie of mine. Yeah. A child. Oh, ch- you were watching this movie as a child. Yeah, I didn't understand. Was, is this, is this, is, is, is this a rated R movie? Yes. Uh, is it, all right. All right. Um, do, do we want to do we want to jump into our two paragraph plot? Well, do you want to? I mean, we kind of already read through the cast. I mean, like star studded cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we did Janine Garofalo as Beth. Who are David Hyde Pierce is Professor Henry Newman, Molly Shannon as Gail von Kleinenstein, Paul Rudd is Andy, Christopher Maloney as Gene, Michael Showalter playing two people, Gerald Coop, Cooperberg, and Alan Schimper, Marguerite Moreau. She's a she's a Connie in uh in Mighty Ducks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see that. All right. Ken Marina's Victor Pulak. Michael Ian Black is McKinley. I love how people get like some like first name and last name and other people just get first names i mean our main character that's a that's how it is in the i'm pretty sure like in the series show and yeah. like the series they give them like a little bit more mm-hmm. but like i'm pretty sure mckinley is just mckinley and everything uh-huh. it's really so that... but like michael ian black is like a political af- activist now I know. right right well i know he like he was um i don't know him and michael showalter i know those are like i remember when i first got twitter somebody set up my account for me you know, somebody really wanted me to be on Twitter that bad. And um, because it's the same Twitter account you follow of mine now, the one, uh, uh, the Arbo Myran one. And uh, the, and I remember those guys, like whoever set them up for me, followed both of them. So I'm pretty sure I still follow both of yeah. them. Like now, now that like, I'm like, somebody always puts me on like follow Friday lists and I get all these random wrestling people who like to who follow me now, which I think is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he he did some he did like a uh, debate with uh, Stephen Crowder. Oh, the change my mind. Oh, really? Like like yeah. like uh, like the like, real jockey guy who like goes to college campuses and yeah has that little booth. Says like says like something like uh, controversial like uh, trans know, women aren't women like, oh, you know or something like that. Ah, uh, he did that one recently. It was like, oh yeah, it, it was like uh, about like sports. sports. Is that what he did? Because oh, yeah. Yes, he, he, yeah. He, one of them was just like kind of like a one of them was just like Trump isn't a racist. Yeah. And, and, and like he, he's kind of like got that occupies the same space as like the campus preacher, you know, who invites people to argue with him. And I mean, I'm sure he's got people there like filming it and stuff. But 
And then he's just like, I can't believe all these people don't like me. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm saying perfectly reasonable things. Yeah. Like he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Like he's trying to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Or trying to get people to like really argue with them and then say something to, to like victimize them. You know, that's what he's doing. Yes. Oh, um, so Joe Triglio is in this too. Um, you're, you've seen super bad i'm sure he his character always yes. cracked me up in there like the guy who's like oh take you out to this party and he shows up at the party and everyone's like what are you doing here you know like no, nobody wants him to be there you know what i'm talking about the guy who buys them alcohol mm-hmm. yeah that real creepy old guy um amy poehler is Susie. bradley cooper is ben jello triglio is neil elizabeth banks is Lindsay. John Benjamin is the can of mixed vegetables. Is there anyone else I'm missing? I'm pretty sure I went through everybody. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody in this film is somebody. So. Um, so yeah, I think, it's just, uh, yeah, I was thinking, I was going to say people, but they're in like the prequel series, um, which maybe we can, maybe we can touch on since this is only two. Sure, yeah, yeah, we can grace it. All right, you ready? Um, I'm ready. All right, the plot, the two paragraph plot. In 1981, Camp Firewood, a summer camp located near Waterville, Maine, which is a real place, is preparing for its last day of camp. Counselors have one last chance to have a romantic encounter with another person at Camp Firewood. So wait a minute, wait a minute. All right. So the counselors are are all like college age or like high school, you know, like like, 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 like a a sex having age. Like 16. Okay. Some of them are 16 and some of them are like 20 so like i would say like 16 or like 21 yeah so 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 of of sex having age like the like the age that you know yeah that that, that starts to, to, to happen for you okay the age of consent yeah you know in kentucky it's 16 ain't that wild same thing in massachusetts really yes wonder why we turned out how we turned out um yeah <laughs> but uh so yeah so um it's so how old are the kids at this camp are there are are there are there is this all about the counselors and they're like little kids yes this is all about the like the and the little kids are the ones like shooting the fucking bows and arrows and making crafts and so like yeah it'll show that it'll be like it'll it'll be like uh like a kid pulling a bow and arrow like uh there's a scene where like uh Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd are making out and a kid drowns in the lake because like they're not paying attention yeah. to him. That, oh wow. He's like, Andy, I'm drowning. He's just like, ah, oh, you're fine. He's just like, Andy, I can't swim. I'm drowning. He's just like making out with Amy Poehler. That's that's sadistic. Micah. I can't believe you like this is a, a satirical comedy, you know. Yeah. Is, it's more of a sadistic comedy. All right. Um, all the while, Ben and Susie, uh, who are uh, Bradley Cooper and Amy Poehler, two overzealous drama instructors, attempt to produce and choreograph the greatest talent show Camp Firewood has ever seen. Beth, the camp director, okay, so Janine Garo, I was wondering how she would be like the same eight, you know, I'm like, she's older than them, you know, mm-hmm. okay, uh, struggles to keep her counselors in order and her campers alive. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, I'm glad they didn't like graphically describe that scene just like you did, you know. <laughs> uh, while falling in love with Henry, an astrophysics professor at Colby College, Henry has to devise a plan to save the camp from a piece of NASA's Skylab, which is falling to Earth. So there's like you're kind of you got like two ticking clocks here, which is kind of funny. You have like the last day of camp, 
which like, you know, like you have like the span of the day, you know, where everyone's trying mm-hmm. to make these things happen. And then you have like the, the, the catastrophic event, like this, you know, apparently this, this piece of space junk is about to fall and crash on the camp. And like, they're not evacuating everybody. You know, the guy's just like, no, no, no I got this. Okay. So, uh, all right. So, so we got a little higher stakes than, than normal, you know, like this is truly life or death. Uh, shy coop. That's Michael Showalter. Okay. So coop is shy. Yeah. Okay. I thought that shy coop is a crush on Katie, his fellow counselor, but has to pry her away from her rebellious, obnoxious, and obviously unfaithful boyfriend, Andy, who's Paul Rudd. Who's Kate? Uh, uh, Kate is, uh, is, uh, okay. from gotcha. You're Katie. All right. Isn't it funny though, that like, you know, like, like, like a big part of these, like whenever somebody like, you know, isn't like a teenager's in love with you know somebody else, but, um, they have a boyfriend who's like really shitty. It's like, oh, you have to like scheme to end the relationship. You know, I feel like in, re- I feel- he doesn't scheme though. Cause he's too, he, like everyone's just like, you need to like go get her, man. Like it's the last day I can't just like tell her how you feel. Yeah. Cause like they like they're they act like they'll never see each other again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, only Gene, the camp chef, can help Coot with Katie with some help of a talking can and mixed vegetables. <laughs> All right. This just gets weirder by the minute. You know, like 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 the, the first premise is like pretty normal, other than the kids dying. And then we have the space junk thing, which is like kind of unnecessary. You know, I think this, this like it like I, 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 like if you want this to be a pure like romantic sex teen comedy like i don't think you need the falling like i feel like the falling space junk is just sort of a, a just like it this just seems kind of absurd you know i think it's just kind of like the like that's where the parody comes in like instead of like we need to say we need to put on the biggest talent show ever in order to save the town yeah. like we need to let's put on the biggest talent show ever and the sky is falling the sky <laughs> that's pretty good um gary gene's unfortunately chosen apprentice what does that mean is, 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 does it mean that gary is like a bad apprentice or does it mean that like it's so like gene is like abusive to okay. gary okay because yeah I, I couldn't tell by that statement there like i feel like you know like, I feel like, is he just bad at his job? Or, yeah, I guess it's the other way around. Gary's just abusive. And who is Gary? No, Gary is an abusive. Gene, Gene is abusive. abusive. Okay. Gary and JJ attempt to figure out why their friend McKinley has never been with a woman. Oh, is he, does he wind up being gay? They're surprised to find that McKinley's in love with Ben, who he marries in a ceremony at the lake. Oh, I already answered my question. <laughs> Victor attempts to lose his virginity with the resident loose girl, Abby, but a series of mishaps gets in the way. Wow. They don't even like kind of let you know how it resolves. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is just all the setup. Maybe, maybe you want to watch the movie. Can I, can I, can I try to predict what happens? Sure. Okay. So everything kind of culminates at the talent show and the, and the Skylab's about to fall. Uh, the Skylab's going to fall on somebody because this, sh- this movie's not afraid to kill people. Um, I have a feeling it's probably either going to be Gene or it's going to be uh, who's who's the bad boyfriend, uh, Andy. Paul Rudd. You think they're going to kill off Paul Rudd? I mean, they may. I mean, you know. It's Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, 
let's see. I assume Coop is going to get with Katie. You know, I feel like that, that that's that's pretty safe to be that. And the um, the camp director is going to get with uh, the uh, professor that, that that she likes. Uh, like, I'm just trying to figure out who gets to come up and sit the end. You know, like somebody's got to like, I feel like, you know, the, the Skylab is going to fall on the person who needs to get their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Are you not going to tell me what happens? You're just going to make me watch the movie. I want you to watch the movie and then you can be like, oh, this was actually a good movie that I laughed at. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie. I, you know, this is all just kind of set up here. Uh, it seems it seems pretty. Uh, it seems pretty entertaining. I mean, I like the risks that they're taking here with the. With just how crazy it gets. Yes. Yeah, so there's like a really famous scene where like they go and like the counselors like go into town uh-huh. during this day, uh-huh. just completely not doing their responsibilities mm-hmm. and like they go like they go through like this like crazy like this really crazy journey that ends up with them taking heroin yeah. oh my god which is a kid i didn't get uh-huh. obviously wow but like when i watched it like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. it's like wow this is a really dark yeah. movie oh my god like all the counselors go not all the counselors but like the main okay ones. wow this is this is just nutty and yeah, it's kind of like this really great deal for like the subplot of like this guy, Victor, mm-hmm. who you find out in one of like this in the prequel series is a virgin. But like all he talks about is sex. He's just like, I'm going to bang every girl here mm-hmm. tonight because the last day I can. And like he really wants to have sex with Abby, yeah. but he can't because he has to take like these kids uh-huh. on like a hike. Yeah. But like he like ditches one of the kids. Yeah. And like so, like he like pushes them out of like the moving van. So this kid is just like on the side of the road. <laughs> so essentially, they kill off two. Kids. Wow! And they don't like to, uh, like talk to talk about what happens. Like these kids are just there in the background. No, these kids are just dead. Yeah. Oh my god! In the prequel series, and I guess the sequel series, they care more about the kids. Like the kids are more, but in the in the movie, in the in this main movie text. Mm-hmm. They do not care about the kid. Like the kids are almost a non-factor in the movie. Wow. So yeah, let's get. Uh, let me see this prequel series. Like, okay. So I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what the prequel series kind of, you know, like that's all sort of just your kind of build up to that, kind of like how we got here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but the sequel series, I, I'm interested. Like, do they go back to? Uh, to to the camp is that what they do yeah so at the end of the movie they all say like oh we should meet back here like 10 years 10 years today yeah. and like michael ian black has, has been like oh can we do it at like 11 30 i'm busy <laughs> at nine wow <laughs> like it's like really funny damn well yeah i mean uh i'm gonna have to watch this because yeah that that, that plot was that plot description was a big tease I wonder why they did it like mm. that. Why they just didn't like why someone hasn't come in and just like filled the whole thing out and like let me know what's well. I know that I know that you can do this on Wikipedia. Let me go back in time on the history, yeah, and see if there's anything there's any more. Like, what was the first Wikipedia entry on this from oh view history? There we go. From June 2000. All right, I'm trying to get like a more or, yeah, all right, let me yeah, just... here. Let's click oldest. Here we go. No, that that has like two lines. January two thousand four. Oh wow. 
2001 feature film about the last night of summer camp. All right, let's let, yeah, let's jump to like, let's see. Oh boy, yeah, this is like we'll go to like somewhere in the hundreds. Oh wow, that's already in like still in 2020. So like as it gets in later, there's just tons of edits. Like people are picking this thing apart with a scalpel. Well, falling. Uh -huh. Let's see. Let's go to the 500s. Jeez, still. Hang on. Okay. Oh. Here, here's one in July 2015. Let's see. Huh. Yeah, this one's a little bit a, a little bit different. Oh wow! So they explained Gene is a shell shocked Vietnam War veteran and camp chef. So that, that that's that's another detail. But still, it's just kind of told in like sort of a different order. Mm. Ooh, wow! There are some things. Um, plot spoilers. What? Oh, wow. So um, Boo McKinley makes once the close is made clear, at least to the audience, when he and Ben hook up in the sports shed. Look at this one. Yeah. This one, this one's a little different. This one has 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 Neil in here. Um, Vic, it talks about Victor is the team to sit with Abby and leaves us for Neil and some camp kids in the woods with nothing but a raft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th th this kind of is a, a, a little bit different. I kind of wonder, like, you know, because this is what, like, in 2014, um, why they chose to condense this, like, why this has changed so much. Like, given, like, this entire synopsis has always just been sort of a bit of a teaser. I don't know. Maybe this, this sort of feels like a movie kind of where, you know, uh, I don't know, like, I guess... Uh, the resolution's a little less important and it's a bit more about just kind of the, the, the hijinks that ensue during the day. Look at this possible prequel. Wayne has suggested there may be a prequel to wet hot American summer. The not movie would be set earlier in that same summer. And part of the joke would be that the cast who is 10 years too old to be playing their parts would now be playing younger versions of those same roles, but this time be 20 years too old. The movie would star the same cast from the original. How about that? Mm -hmm. Somebody was in on the joke early on. But uh, but yeah, what a uh, what a what a what a synopsis. Again, this is just just a bit of a tease. But um, I'm trying to think, um, whose story am I the most interested in? Uh, let's see. They kind of spoil McKinley's. You know, this one's like the most in interesting one here. Because they're just like, why have you never been with the, you know, like there's kind of many different directions you can go with that. The fact that he's gay is sort of the obvious one, but it's still, you know, kind of like a, you know, that I'm obviously interested in seeing what happens with the fucking Skylab because that's like, you know, pretty big. Um, but the Victor ones. Oh, uh, we should like, we should find like a time this week, like 
like Wednesday and like watch it together. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could be down. I have a, I have a buddy who's in town from Michigan, but, uh, I, I could probably sneak aside sometime at some point. How long is it? It is, uh, 90. So it's an hour and a half. Essentially yeah. cutting out credits and, and all that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'd like to see if sort of my, my predictions come true, which I can't imagine they will. Um, I know that the Skylab's got to fall on, so, uh, got to fall on the person who needs their comeuppance the most. Um, and I want to see what the deal with the talking can and mixed vegetables is. Um, but shall we uh, see if I'm right on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, let's see. All right. What hot American summer received mostly negative reviews from critics. Oh, they thought it was a dud. I guess, yeah, the, the, you know, I mean, if you're that financially unsuccessful, some there's got to be some sort of bad yeah. word of mouth. Rotten Tomatoes gives the film, oh, 38%. I was way off. Based on 70, where, where were you at? I said 50. 50, okay. Based on 76 reviews with an average rating of 4.85 out of 10, the consensus reads, Wet Hot American Summer's incredibly talented class is too often outmatched by a deep, silly script that misses its targets at least as often as it skewers them. Metacritic gives the film a score of 42 out of 100 based on 24 critics, including indicating mixed and average reviews. Roger Ebert, one star out of four. His review took the form of a tongue-in-cheek parody of Alan Sherman's Hello, Mudda. What is, what is that even? It's probably a poem. Yeah. Novelty song. Yeah. Uh, well, in contrast, Owen Gleiberman gave it an A and named it one of the 10 best films of the year. Wow. Newsweek, Stephen Anson also lauded it, calling a gloriously silly romp that made me laugh harder than any other movie this summer. Make that this year. Numerous other critics have praised the film as a witty pop satire, and it's gone on to achieve a cult following. So, wow, it's like, I guess it, it just had a bad reaction when it came out. Uh, Kristen Bell said it was her favorite movie, having watched it hundreds of times. Uh, NPR host Jesse Thorne said on the April 29, 2014 episode of Bullseye, when someone has an open enough heart to accept the silliness, and that's what it's about for me, an open heart. If someone's heart is open to wet hot American summer, they love it. And that's when I know that me and them, we've got an unbreakable bond together forever, like camp counselors. Oh, God. Um, so this is like a litmus, litmus test. So if I don't like this movie, we're not going to do this anymore, are we? No, if you don't like this movie, yeah, yeah, then, it's just another reason to not like yeah, you. Yeah, as you you know conveyed tonight from your text while I was on the side of the road. Um, so there's a legacy. There are anniversary celebrations, the 10-year anniversary of it in 2011 and 2012, including the screening of the film in your neck of the woods in Boston, an art show in Santa Monica of works inspired by the film with a reception hosted by Wayne, a screening at the Los Angeles Film Show with a Q&A with Wayne, and a midnight screening in Cleveland, Ohio, a 10th anniversary celebration with the members of Stella in Brooklyn. Who is Stella? Oh, it's their comedy trio. Oh, it's those three. Michael Show, Walter, Michael Ian Back, and David Wayne. And a reading of the script at the San Francisco Comedy Festival with much of the original cast. During an interview with Variety Wayne and Show, Variety Wayne and Show Walter said that they wrote a pilot for a possible Fox television series based on the film. Wayne described the series as a 22-minute Fox sitcom with commercials and nothing rated R, so it was a little bit odd. And of course, it was not picked up for a series. Um, they have a making of doc documentary called The Hurricane of Fun, The Making of Wet Hot. 
released on Netflix on July 24, 2015. There's your behind the scenes interviews and footage and all that that they didn't get in their Blu-ray. Um, no, I, I, I guess I, I, I get why sort of this is sort of a, a beloved thing. You know, it, try, it tries to capture that sort of story in a day thing that you, uh, you know, see in kind of like, I don't know, like they mentioned like Dazed and Confused um, is one that I guess seems like it has a, a lot in common with this, with the, with the high school thing uh, in the summer camp. I don't know. I just going to have to see how these how these storylines play out, because this whole Wikipedia entry was just like a big tease. I feel like, you know, and honestly, do you feel like that this is how these things should go? As in like Wikipedia articles shouldn't just be a plot synopsis. It should really just be like kind of like a cliff notes. Version yeah, 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 that, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it doesn't give it away because like so many times like I like read these things and I just spoil movies for me that I'll never like want, like maybe all have wanted to go see it. Like, like 5% of me will have been interested. And then like, it's just out the window and it's gone, you know, at that point. It's like, I don't know, kind of a nice thing to do. You know, it kind of protects like the integrity of it a little bit. Um, I just wonder why they did it like this for this movie, you know? Yeah, it's 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 written really weird. Yeah, or, or it's just all the setup, you know. It literally says like this is this is each character, and here's what they're gonna kind of get into, you know. It it's it, it's all kind of it's all kind of set up here. Um, yeah, fascinating. Um, so yeah, wet hot American summer, the one, um, you know, like this was. <laughs> This at least sort of spared me just kind of the, I mean, you could tell this has been like this Wikipedia page has been cared way more than the Deuce Bigelow one, you know, because the Deuce Bigelow one just like had sort of nonsense sentences in there and um, like specifically mentioned that the, the fat woman had the chicken between her breasts, you know, and like this one just like chose to, you know, remain minimal, which like looking back at that history, so much more care has been put into this one. You know, which like I guess speaking to that, let to the legacy of it, people you know care a lot more to like you know keep this page tidy, and uh, you know I guess not like spill out the whole plot. And I mean, you know, do you need to go to a Wikipedia page and read the whole plot of a movie? You know, like it's not a necessity unless you're you know writing a paper on it. But then if you're doing something like that, then you know just watch the movie. But yeah, who's USA Films too? Is that oh, this that's Focus Features now. I thought that was USA, like the channel that like WWE comes on. And uh, David Wayne, just in that role models. I remember that movie. That's an Adam Sandler one, isn't it? Oh no, that's not Adam Sandler. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. But as they came together, also Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. So he's always direct, and also Paul Rudd. He's Paul Rudd's whisperer, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't they get him to? We're gonna find out that like he directed. Yeah, Ant-Man yeah, yeah. Why didn't they get him to do those movies? Probably because Ant Man is a good movie. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen it. No, but like Shaker Heights, Ohio, isn't that where Dave Chappelle is from? Uh, Shaker Heights, or that's where he lives. I think he's from DC. Oh no, 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 no. So yeah, no. Dave Chappelle lives close to Cincinnati, actually. 
He lives in a yeah, yeah, he does. He lives in a suburb of Cincinnati. Shaker Heights is Cleveland, actually. Is what that is. Dave Chappelle, I believe, lives in what is it? He's born in DC. I know he lives in. Wow, there's only one thing here in Cincinnati. Well, I know he does live in Cincinnati or lives close to it. Like has like a farm, I think. What is it? Yellow Springs. Yeah, Yellow Springs, Ohio. Which is no. That's actually not really near. No, no, that's kind of up toward Dayton, actually. Which you Dayton's real? Yeah, it's in the Dayton Metropolitan Statistical Era, not era area. Which yeah, you Dayton. I don't know if you've ever been to Dayton, but Dayton's gross. Memorial Day 2019, Dayton was affected by tornado outbreaks. Total 15 tornadoes touched down in the Dayton area. What? 15 in a whole day. I was thinking, like, why do they like what? Why do they have like this thing and like the opening blurb? But that's a uh, that's pretty major. No, you're, no, for one day to have. No, no, you were thinking probably. Uh, why didn't they shoot a, a a a sequel to Twister there on that day? That's what you were thinking. You don't care about their collateral um, damage. So, Beaumont, are you going to watch this movie? Probably. Yeah. No, I'll give it a shot. What what what's streaming? It's on Netflix, probably, isn't it? If all their if all their TV shows are on Netflix, it's got to be on there, right? I it must be. okay. So yeah, I'm I, 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 I'm I'm down. I think that you know I see no reason why not. I'm intrigued by the you know opening of the plot. You know, it's about to be summer, and then two. maybe if you like it so much, you'll watch the prequel series and just start and, and just start and just you know become a camp counselor myself and just change my mind about this whole experience I deprived myself of. Well, from all of us here, both of us at Beaumont Reads Wikipedia, I've been Micah, and he's been Beaumont. Yeah, I have no regrets. Oh, oh, oh.